for anyone new who may be joining us this morning and uh, you're very very welcome to join our online worshiping community and we hope that you will meet with god through our time together this morning so before i hand over to debbie who is leading this service let's just pray let's pray and ask god to be with us so let's pray father we thank you for another day and uh, a day when we can serve you and worship you and love you and uh, love those that we are able to be near. Lord, help us to uh, offer you our, all that we are this morning. Help us to be able to focus on you, to uh, give you ourselves. And Lord, we long to meet with you this morning. We long to receive from you afresh and to be encouraged by you and to hear from you. So be with us all. We're scattered all over the place, but uh, Lord, now we're gathered, uh, as it were, online, and we want to meet with you. So Holy Spirit, come. Breathe into this time, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, good morning, everybody, um, from me as well. Um, it's lovely to be with you. I can't see you now, but I can just see lots of little circles with um, initials in. Uh, but it was, it's lovely um, to be here with you, even if, as Peter says, um, we can't be in the same room. So um, as we look ahead to later on today, and I guess we're all um, contemplating what um, new things Boris Johnson might be saying to us later about the path out of lockdown. And as I looked at this passage and grappled and prayed it through yesterday and considered what it means to do the works that Jesus did and do even greater things than these, which is what our, our theme is of our service today, I found myself drawn to this verse in Isaiah 43 and so I thought I'd just read um, that as we start our time together this morning. It says this, see I am doing a new thing, now it springs up, do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland and that's Isaiah 43 verse 19 and as I spent some time um, dwelling in that verse, I found myself wondering what new thing is God stirring in you and in me, in us as a church at this time? I wonder what new thing he's doing in our community, our town, our nation and even our world. I wonder what new thing he's doing, as I observed that people were having socially distanced street parties with their neighbours on Friday, some of whom perhaps um, they hadn't really had that much to do with before. I wonder what new thing God is doing as we all learn to slow down, to reflect on what really matters and perhaps become more aware of his blessings. I wonder whether he is making a new way in the wilderness for his love and salvation to flow into the softer and perhaps more open hearts of our neighbours, our friends and our families. And I wonder if he is softening our hearts too. You see, we have a faithful God, don't we? His compassion for his world never wavers and his mercies are new every morning. And so I'd like us to invite us, I'd like to invite us to sing or to listen to our first hymn this morning, which is Great is Thy Faithfulness.
Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever will be. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. And we could see us during all of that. I don't know whether that was what other people could see too, but um, just letting you know um, that that was the case. All right. Okay, so um, as we declare God's faithfulness to us, we become aware of the times when we let him and others down. 
So let's spend some time now asking God's forgiveness for those things and for his help in becoming more and more like Jesus. So I think you um, have the um, words of the confession on the screen now. So let's pray these words, this, this prayer together. Father God, forgive me for the things I have done and for the things I have not done. Forgive me for the things I have said and for the things I have not said. Forgive me for the life I have lived and for the life I have not lived. Draw me into deeper relationship with you that I might reflect the image of the one I profess to follow in thought, in word and deed. And in discovering my true self, so draw others into your light and into your truth. Because we ask it in the name of Jesus, who died that we might truly live. Amen. And so now, Lord, as your forgiven people, draw us closer to you and fill us with your spirit and with your love. Amen. Our next song is Draw Me Close to You. Nothing 
Thank you, Lord, that wherever we are, you are near, that you draw near to us this morning. And Lord, I thank you that you are all that we want. You are all that we need. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Did you notice the sunflowers, um, the sunflower background? I thought that was a little bit of a gift from God, as, as most of you um, probably know. Uh, Rachel and Jeanette have been, been doing a great job of um, encouraging the children in the community um, to draw sunflowers. It was an idea that actually came from Penny Watkins because they, they turn towards the sun and our prayer is that those families um, will turn to the sun. And so um, they're beautifully displayed, thanks to Rachel, um, on the cross that's outside the church. So when I saw um, those sunflowers, I knew that that was the, the version of Draw Me Close to You that we needed to have this morning. We're going to um, have our Bible reading now. It's going to be brought to us um, by Owen. So thank you, Owen, and over you. reading this morning is taken from John, verses 1 to 14. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you in, sorry, and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you are not just my own. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves. I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in, in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me anything in my name, and I will do. This is the word of the Lord. God. Well, good morning again from me. And uh, thank you, Orwin, very much for that reading. Well, here we are at the end of week seven, or maybe the beginning of week eight of lockdown. And I wonder, are you still talking to your spouse by this point? Well done if you are. Uh, if you're wondering, Debbie and I are still talking, which is good. And as Debbie said, uh, thank you for joining us online this morning. And uh, especially if you're having a look at church, you're very, very welcome among us. Well, this passage in John chapter 14 we've just been listening to contains so much of priceless treasure, priceless treasure of truth. And it's difficult to know where to start. And when we're in a state of prolonged crisis and uncertainty, as we are right now, and as we uh, anticipate 
Boris Johnson's speech later about a possible exit route from lockdown, we need to turn to the words of Jesus himself in the Bible. These precious words of Jesus will be very well known to you, I'm sure. Words such as, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. Or, I am the way and the truth and the life. And so on. And we could rightly dwell on any of these verses and be fed and encouraged. But as I've read and reread this passage this week, the verses I feel the Lord has led me to focus on are the last three verses of the reading. So that's verses 12 to 14 of John chapter 14. And in these last few verses of the reading, Jesus says this. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask for anything in my name, and I will do it. Now, these are words that for many years have perplexed me and yet also inspired me. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these. What does Jesus mean? That they will do even greater things than Jesus. How can we do greater things than our Saviour? Surely that's just not possible, is it? And then in my sermon preparation, I was reading various things and uh, researching this passage. And I listened to a talk on this reading given by a pastor in America called John Piper. You may have heard of him. He's a, a really good uh, Bible teacher and preacher. And his teaching, uh, or more accurately, the Holy Spirit through him, opened my eyes to what I think Jesus means here. Very truly, I tell you. Whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these. In essence, Jesus is saying that all of us who believe in him will carry on with his work, and in some wonderful way do greater things than the works of Jesus. And as a means to that end, we'll have access in prayer to Jesus today, so that everything we need we can ask for and receive it. Or putting it more simply, these verses are saying, all believers, pure and simple, will do the works Jesus does. If you're writing notes, just write that down. All believers, pure and simple, will do the works Jesus does. So let's take those three parts of the text one at a time and, and let's just see what it, can, what it can teach us and then we'll apply it to our situation today. So the first part is all of us who believe in Jesus will carry on with his work. Secondly, in some wonderful way, we will all do something greater than the works of Jesus. And thirdly, as a means to that end, we will have access in prayer to Jesus today so that everything we need, we can ask for and receive it. So part one, carrying on the work of Jesus. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. Let's make two crucial observations. First, his promise isn't just to the apostles alone, the ones who are listening to him at the time, but to all who believe. And second, this is the promise that we will do Jesus' works. It's not yet a promise that we will do greater works, just Jesus' works. So, the first observation. Notice, it's a promise to all believers. Now, this is astonishing, astonishing in itself. Jesus is saying that there is no exclusion here if you are a Christian. And so we shouldn't think, oh, this is for pastors, this is for those who are highly spiritual, mature Christians, or professional Christians, or missionaries, or elders, or evangelists, or those who are highly gifted Christians. 
No. The text says, whoever believes in me. Believers, pure and simple, will do the works I do, says Jesus. John uses the exact same phrase before in his gospel. Whoever believes in me. And these are just two examples. In John chapter 6, verse 35, Jesus says, whoever believes in me shall never thirst. In John chapter 7, verse 38, Jesus says, whoever believes in me, out of his heart or out of her heart will flow rivers of living water. In other words, this is normal Christianity. This is what it means to be a Christian. So when it says, whoever believes in Jesus will do this or that, it is describing the normal Christian life. I wonder, does it feel or look like that to you today in your own discipleship or my discipleship? Do we really live out of that promise hour by hour, day by day in our walk with Jesus? Those are big questions and they're worth pondering. That's the first uh, thing to notice, that this is a promise for all believers. The second thing to observe is that Jesus promises all believers will do his works. It's not yet a promise that they will do greater works, just as, it, as if that's the right word, just Jesus' works. Verse 12a again, so the first part of 12, uh, uh, verse 12 says, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. Now, we begin to create problems for ourselves by immediately thinking of Jesus' most amazing miracles. And by this point in the Gospel of John, Jesus has turned water into wine. He has read the mind of the woman of Samaria. He's healed the official son. He's healed the man who's been crippled for 38 years. He's fed 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish. He's walked on the water. He's healed a man born blind. And he's raised, raised Lazarus from the dead. So what did Jesus mean when he said, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. Does Jesus mean that every Christian will do all these things? Or that every Christian would do one or two or three of these? And if you don't do these things, does that mean that you don't actually believe? Well, that's not really that likely if you think about what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. He says this, To each is given a manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. Do all work miracles. Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Paul, who wrote that, is expecting a, res a resounding answer of no. However, Paul does say elsewhere very clearly that these gifts are available to us, and so the age of miracles is certainly not past. No, indeed, our God is a powerful and supernatural God who does heal, and who does work miracles today. But, if Jesus doesn't mean that all believers will do miracles like this, what does he mean when he says, whoever believes in me will also do the works I do? When Jesus says that, he is describing the works that point people to faith. If you are a believer in Jesus, that's what your life and my life is called to be like. Your life and my life is called to be a display of the trustworthiness of Jesus. We need to be living proof, as it were, that he is who he says he is. So, for example, in this lockdown that we're in, when you bless someone with an unexpected gift at exactly the right moment, your life displays the love of Jesus. Or when you offer to pray for someone, you display the power of of the name of Jesus. Or when someone hurts you and you choose to forgive them, when everything inside you is crying out to get your own back on them, or you want to hold resentment against them, then you are displaying the grace and the mercy of Jesus. 
your life and my life, it's called to be a display of the beauty and the power and the truth of Jesus. And these things are miraculous because we could never do them in our own strength. Jesus means that all believers will be marked by this. They will be so filled by his Holy Spirit that they will carry on his work by his power and do the kind of things that will bear witness to him. They will point people to Jesus and through Jesus to the Father. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, Jesus says, Let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Christians are defined by works or life which flow from faith in Jesus and point to the glory of Jesus. We are the aroma of Christ. We are the light. He is the light of the world and his light shines through us. We were dead and now we are alive. And, as Ephesians says, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We are invited to speak words and do deeds that help people believe in Jesus. That's the first part of our text. Verse 12a. Whoever believes in me will do the works that I do. Secondly, doing greater works than Jesus. The second part of this text is really mind-blowing. It's that in some wonderful way we will do, we will all do something greater than the works of Jesus. Let's read it again. Very truly I tell you, whoever, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. Again, it's worth noticing, Jesus says it is every believer. Not just the apostles, not just pastors or elders or charismatics or evangelists. Whoever believes in me will do even greater things. Again, this is the mark of being a Christian, not being an apostle. Now, if you think greater works means more, mirac more miraculous, you'll be hard put to exceed walking on water, feeding the 5,000 with five loaves and two fish and raising the dead. I don't know of any Christian who's, who has ever lived, whether they were in the New Testament or outside the New, the New Testament, who has ever done all three of those miracles, let alone something more miraculous. Let alone every Christian having done these miracles or something more miraculous. So what does Jesus mean? Well, look at the phrase at the end of verse 12. Because I am going to the Father. Jesus is saying that his disciples will, only, will not only continue his works, but will do greater things because he is going to the Father. Now, you'll have heard preachers say this before, but we need to set this passage in its bigger context. These verses in John chapter 14 are part of a much wider teaching by Jesus, which is about the coming of the Holy Spirit. Or if you want the New Testament, the New Testament Greek, the paraclete, the helper. Jesus is going to the Father so that the helper, the very breath of Jesus, can come and empower and enable us, you and me, to do the greater works. Jesus says this in John chapter 16, verse 7. But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate or the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Think about it. In his ministry on this earth, Jesus was limited to being in one place at one time. But now in this new age of the Spirit, because he has ascended to the Father, and now that the Holy Spirit has been poured out on you and me and believers around the world, then we can do greater works in his name. Our works are greater because Christians can be filled with the Spirit and people across the globe can experience the power and the love of Christ through those who believe in him and who live for him. So again, when you pray a blessing for someone in the name of Jesus, you do a greater work. When you forgive someone in the name of Jesus, you do a greater work. When you share your faith with a friend, you do a greater work. I asked at the start, do we live out of this promise? 
If not, how do we do that? Well, the key is this. We need to walk in the power and the strength of the Holy Spirit day by day, hour by hour, minute by minute. And these works done in the power of the Holy Spirit will be new because we live in the new age of the Spirit. This will be greater than the miracles of Jesus on this earth because this is what he came to accomplish by his death, his resurrection and his ascension. Which leaves us a moment for the third part of the text. The first part of our text was, all of us who believe in Jesus will carry on with his work. The second was, we will do something greater than the works of Jesus. And now the third part is, everything we need, we can ask for and receive. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may, you may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Or put it another way, Jesus is saying you'll have everything you need to do the works that Jesus does, even the greater works. Jesus is saying, as you seek to carry on my work in the world, and as you seek to let your light shine, and live in love, and offer forgiveness of sins in the name of the crucified and the risen Christ, ask me for whatever you need and I will give it to you. Whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. There's only one condition here, in my name. Verse 13, whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. Verse 14, if you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. So does Jesus mean <clears throat> we can ignore all those other conditions that we read somewhere uh, elsewhere in the Gospels? Abide in him. Ask according to his will. Believe his word. No, I don't think he's saying that. I think Jesus is saying something along the lines of this. I want you to abide in me. To live in such close relationship with me so that you will be moved by what moves me. So that you will speak words of hope to the people who are on my heart. So that you will bless those who need to know my unconditional love and forgiveness. Then and only then, when our will is so aligned with his will, do these verses truly make sense? Then he will do what we ask for in his name. And then we will do the greater things we are called to do in his strength and in his power and for his glory. I need to come to a close. But my prayer is that each and every one of us will hear and feel the breath of the spirit of Jesus in these beautiful words. He wants, to draw, he wants to draw close to us, to reassure us of his presence and to empower us again for his service. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Amen. I'd like us um, to just have a moment of quiet now as um, I don't know about you but um, I feel there's a real uh, so much power um, in those verses and in what we've heard this morning so let's just be still for a moment and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us and to minister to us
in a moment we're going to listen to the instrumental um to an instrumental version of um the song jesus be the center and i wonder whether as we we listen to that um and as we think about and ask jesus to be the centre of all that all that we are and all that we, we do. I wonder if we can continue to think about what some of the greater things might be that he's asking us to do as we continue to, to live um, through this time that we're in, this unprecedented time that we're in. Perhaps the greater thing starts, in fact I'm sure it does, with us learning how to abide in him more fully. Perhaps the greater thing starts with beginning to, or the greater thing starts with asking God to reveal to us and to share with us those things that will refine us and that help us to to become more aligned with his will for our will to become more aligned with god's will and then as this song um says with the with the holy spirit as our source um with his fire in our hearts and with the wind of his spirit in our sails what greater things is he asking us to do that lovingly and powerfully points others to Jesus. So there might be something in what I've just said, there might be something in what Peter said, there might be something in that amazing passage that has really spoken to you this morning. So can I encourage you that as we um, listen to this song now, that you spend that time with God and you ask him about the what are the greater things that he's asking you to do and me to do?
And now Eleanor is going to lead us in our intercessions. We begin our intercessions this morning by praying for ourselves, then moving outwards into the wider world. There will be short moments of silence for you to pray in your own words or thoughts or imaginative pictures. So let's pray. Father, we thank you that you hear us when we pray and that you know the desires of our hearts. We ask for your wisdom and for more faith that we may know how to pray. Above all, we ask that our daily lives will glorify you, even in this time of living so differently from normal. We pray for Baster Hill and Shrewsbury, God of the poor, friend of the weak. We bring to you those people who are worried about their family and their financial and employment situations. We bring to you those already suffering with mental health issues, with poor health and with homelessness. We thank you for all the organisations who are liaising to support these people and we pray for all the volunteers working hard to bring comfort to them. We pray now for the government of our country as legislation is under discussion about abortion and about assisted suicide. God of mercy, we pray that lawmakers and the wider society would see the unborn, the disabled, the elderly and the infirm as valuable human beings in need of protection. God of healing, we ask you to encourage all who work in palliative medicine and all who care for the most vulnerable. God of compassion, may those nearing the end of their lives find your peace and comfort and receive the care they need to alleviate their suffering. Finally, we pray for our world right now. Lord, we ask you to grant wisdom, integrity and courage to governments worldwide as they announce, adjust and enact difficult measures. We ask you to grant wisdom and insight to those medical scientists who are researching new vaccine and those who are researching appropriate medication. We cry to you about the global impact on finances, economies, job losses and other hardships. We bring to you those thousands of communities which are already suffering throughout the world. Refugees, those scraping a living in famine, those in overcrowded areas of awful poverty. And we end. Lord, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. And we can say the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. 
your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. We begin our intercessions this morning by praying. Amen. Thank you, Eleanor. So as we move um, towards the end of the service and um, our final song, um, let's uh, remember and focus on what our hope is built on. It's built on Jesus. And we can only do the greater things that we've been, been hearing about this morning through his power. Um, through his blood and through his victory won for us on the cross. So let's now sing our final song together, Christ Alone, Cornerstone. Thank you. 
this week may bring in the hope that we have just been singing about and so um, let's pray this prayer um, together now and so father god we pray that we will indeed have hope in the one who has endured all things that we might know freedom Hope in the one who has given us his spirit that we might have power. Hope in the one who has loved us beyond death that we might have life. And hope in the one who prepared a place for us that we might share eternity with him. Amen. And as we go into this week, let's be asking our God to help us to share that hope um, with others this week in whatever way um, and in whatever situation um, we find ourselves. And so now, go in peace to love and to serve the Lord. In, in the, the name, name of, of Christ. Christ. Amen. Amen.